0: Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. We're here to talk all things Iowa State sports with you like we do every week. We're here on a Wednesday this week, as opposed to our usual Tuesday night, because yesterday afternoon, Iowa State held its annual football media day, the unofficial kickoff to the 2022 season. We were able to visit with Matt Campbell, his assistants, and a number of players up at Jack Trice Stadium as Iowa State looks to really start a new chapter of Iowa State football with the likes of Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Greg Guysworth any Uazarike, Charlie Kolar. Jake Hummel, Mike Rose, the list goes on and on, all now playing or trying to find a spot in the NFL. Randy, I think a number of players are back that I did not list and there are enough optimistic newcomers that I think there is still a relatively high level of optimism for this 2022 season for Iowa State, even coming off of what was the most anticipated year ever, which then turned into – depending on who you want to ask, one of the more disappointing seasons at 7-6 and and a Cheez-It Bowl loss in 2021. I got the feeling that there is more belief within that locker room, which this is not breaking news, than outside the locker room. But it it definitely felt like a quiet confidence coming from Iowa State that even with all the newcomers, even with all the turnovers, that this is still a team that's going to be competitive in the Big 12. We can talk about whether you and I think that, but I certainly got the feeling that there's no rattle, there's no concern up there that this is going to be a major dip that you would otherwise sometimes suspect with that amount of turnover, with that amount of legendary, and I don't use that lightly, legendary players moving on.
1: If Iowa, if Iowa State, <clears throat> excuse me, stays away from significant injuries, if the returning starters have the types of season. That we think they can, that we've heard they're capable of, and we've heard great things about Deckers. Which you're not going to hear bad things. But I mean, um, um, I think I think there's a, it's it's realistic, contrary to what the media did in during the preseason, myself included. I think it's I think it's um, realistic that Iowa State can be right in that three four range in in the in the Big Twelve. Obviously, finish, finishing behind Baylor, finishing behind um, Oklahoma, and then and then I think it's 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 a crapshoot among Iowa State, K State, Oklahoma State, and, and, or Texas. I'm sorry, Texas. Don't throw, put K State in there. I'm not as holding K State as others are. I mean, okay, you've Even got Adrian your, Martinez and Deuce Vaughn and your guy, and, Iowan and Chris Kleiman. Yeah, exactly. No, wall. yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. But I think. I think Iowa State can be right there in the three in the three four range if everything goes nicely, if everything goes as planned and there, like I said, there's not significant injuries. And, and let's remember, let's remember this. Iowa State was a walk off sixty two yard field goal from being what? Seven of five in the regular season and I don't even know what in in the in the Big Twelve. So I mean yeah, okay. There probably were botched plays earlier in that game. I get that. I get that.
0: But don't also forget that Texas Tech had fired its coach like five days
1: earlier. And Texas Tech had fired his coach earlier. Correct. Yeah. No okay. Nonetheless, irregardless. Um <laughs> I know it's regardless. Um Yeah, but, but but let's let's not forget that Iowa State was still th- that close to being seven to five and whatever in the Big Twelve. I don't remember what they, what they win in the Big Twelve. But yeah, it, it's they've got some some big some big shoes to fill as we as I, I assume we'll hit on as 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 we go on here tonight. But I'm not I'm not ready to I'm not ready to to um say this is a, this is a rebuild or or anything like that. I think the Iowa State program is what's the other catchphrase reloading. Um, restocking, um, and through recruiting, I think I think they've done a pretty good job. So so I'm, if I'm an Iowa State fan, I'd be cautiously optimistic that 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 team can get seven wins overall.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing too, like I would compare it back to the men's basketball program of the last decade, and when things started to go wrong for that program in the the latter half of uh, the teens, it. It certainly was a talent issue, but it was also there was no carryover from the guys that had had success, had seen older players, set a standard, and had to live up to it with when those guys were there, and then were able to pass it on. I think Iowa State football does have that. I mean, you got guys like Orion Vance that have been around a long time that have seen what work ethic looks like, what success looks like, has been part of that from the guys that have had so much success You've got you know Will McDonald on that side of the ball. You've got Trevor Downing on uh, offense. You know Hunter Decker's has obviously been there for now. This is his third year, so I think that there there is enough carryover.
1: And Chirel has four. learned. Yeah. has learned from from um, Brees Hall.
0: Yeah, so. and, and he's in year four. You got Anthony Johnson back, so I think there is enough carryover here, not only of talent but of experience and knowledge of the level of work, intensity, urgency, dedication, whatever whatever you want to say, there's enough knowledge and experience of that to where I think that a rising tide lifts all boats, where you get the younger guys that haven't played a lot of football for Iowa State, where you get a guy, even like Hunter Deckers, who hasn't played a lot of football, that knows and is accountable to those other players to that have played at a championship level, that have won a Fiesta Bowl, that have gone to a Big 12 championship game, and then last year saw how fleeting those things can be if you're not able to find success at its highest levels if you're not able to win to steal Matt Campbell's frage on the margins so I think that's why if I'm an Iowa State fans, Iowa State fans okay we got younger, we're probably less talented than last year but why you're, if you're going not going to see a major dip which I am with you Randy, I don't think we're likely to see a major dip, I can't rule it out just like I can't rule out 10 wins but I think why you're unlikely to see a major dip is that there's enough carryover in talent, experience, and knowledge that I think the the floor is relatively high here for an Iowa State team. Uh, you know that otherwise, when you look at it from the guys they lost, you'd probably be like, eh, "They're probably due for a major step back here."
1: Let's look at this. Let's look at the opening schedule. Uh, that's going to be a big, a big, <clears throat> um, a big factor, I think, in, <clears throat> in Iowa State going forward. If, if the Cyclones can get started with confidence, with these new guys getting confidence, with Hunter Deckers getting confident, confidence, with um, our momentum, positive momentum, with Jirel, um with everything going well, with, with Trevor Downing snapping the ball in a season opening game if to begin a season for the first time, we'll see where the passing game's going. If Iowa State can come out of the gate 2-1, and one, which, you know, I'm not saying who the one's going to be, but it, Iowa State hasn't beaten Iowa in a long time. And the game's in Iowa City, but we've also seen what what can happen. I remember, were you even born then when Iowa State um, broke a, what was it, 15-game losing streak against Iowa? And then came, What year was it? Uh, I don't remember, 95 maybe? Yes, I, I was born in 1995, <clears throat> okay. but okay. I was in elementary school. So Okay, well, you probably wore your were your Wisconsin stuff to school every day. Yeah,
0: maybe they even go for stuff, who knows? It or been Ohio State stuff. <laughs> I was a big Ohio State fan there briefly.
1: They're winning be a, Rose Bowls. You be a, <laughs> front runner! Oh, yeah, you're absolutely fronting. Front front <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, front runner. That's exactly right. Um, But then, okay, so you've got the non-conference, and then and then, boom, on in week number four, and there's no off week in there. Week number four, it, it's opening the Big Twelve against Baylor, and then and but it's in Ames, and Baylor's got a new quarterback, and and there's new players at Baylor, and I'm not saying they're going to beat Baylor. Do not get me wrong. But if it does happen, then you've got confidence, and you've got the two Kansases, K State and Kansas State, um, and then who is it? And then at Texas before an off game, before an off week. So it's all about it's all about the start. And and like you like we were talking about er, earlier, earlier, it can either be a two and a two and whatever two and it could be a two and six start also. Um, so I mean, it's it's I guess. I'm thinking if if these guys get some momentum going, I'd like to see what that can do. This is the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des
0: Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson and Travis Hines here talking Iowa State Media Day, which was yesterday. And I think, Randy, maybe the number one storyline, or at least the the most obvious storyline for this team, is replacing Brock Purdy at quarterback, the winningest quarterback in school history the owner of about, uh, you know, give or take a bajillion school (laughs) records. How do they do that? I mean, the man to do it is Hunter Deckers. And I thought Matt Campbell had some interesting things to say about his third year, technically freshman quarterback, Hunter Deckers.
2: You know, Hunter is very talented. Um, You know, he's certainly got elite arm strength. He's got great athletic ability, but The quarterback is way more than that. Um, It's it's the whole picture and it's the whole puzzle. And, you know, that's what's going to be really fun to see, even as we get through fall camp, how much have you grown in the offense? How much are you ready to continue to evolve and and grow and fundamentally and physically and mentally really be ready to capture what it takes to play the quarterback position at this level, let alone, obviously, in, in our offensive system.
0: Randy, Hunter Deckers is a guy that has really patiently waited his time behind Brock Purdy. For two years, we saw him, I think, exclusively in mop up duty in 2020 as a true freshman. We saw him in two different games in 2021 as a redshirt freshman, having coming in in relief of Brock Purdy, first at Iowa, or excuse me, against Iowa, and then at Oklahoma. I think probably mixed results in both of those games. I think we've seen glimpses of him. I don't think we probably have any real clue about Hunter Decker as the quarterback. Given those public appearances, I think the the bigger tell about maybe what to expect about Hunter Deckers has been the coaching staff's words and actions about him
1: exactly and 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 you saw deckers yesterday and 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 we've seen him during during the summer as 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 this was happening. i mean his 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 transformation of of his body he's down to two oh six. He says that he'll probably play around two teen in that area but um he's down to 206 now that's less that that's and he came in in the 240 range he's already lighter than Brock Purdy was um i think he will we'll see every bit of a of a runner i think he, i think he'll be good as as far as as a runner is concerned and and campbell talked about about um his, his arm i think once again if things go well during the during the first 3 games i'm not saying necessarily 3 and 0 or whatever but if if hunter can prove that that he's that he's on the same page with the receivers and everybody's everybody is 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 clicking together i would not be shocked to see some some deep passes um um xavier hutchinson eyes light up every time we talk about Hunter Decker's being able to throw the ball seventy yards flat-footed, and granted, there's a difference between throwing seventy yards flat-footed and doing it with accuracy, and doing it when you've got a a line chart or a line and and linebackers who who'd rather tear your head off, tear your helmet off, excuse me, than 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 anything. Um, we'll see what this arm can do. Um, what this strong arm can do. I do know this. I I I think that. he's very determined um he's very he's he's more knowledgeable of the offense right now because he's he's played it extensively and let's not forget last year when he came in in the fourth quarter against Iowa um and they, I, that game was not out of whack yet and you know as well as i do travis that that when campbell's pulling starters he didn't do it until late 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 in the game i mean despite what the score is so
0: and there's no player that he would be less hesitant to pull. Not only that a quarterback, but Brock Purdy, a guy that oh, yeah. if you even hinted at any level of criticism at Brock Purdy, Matt Campbell oh my was gosh. ready to pounce.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so so, Decker's got Decker's got some 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 good action against Iowa last season. So let's, I, I I'm I'm curious to see how how all this how all this evolves, and he says that he's confident in himself that he can get the job done and granted you don't expect him to say anything different but when we talked to Brock when Brock was was just in his infancy at Iowa State Brock was always Brock always talked about having to earn the trust and the respect of his teammates and once he did that he was always talking about having to earn the trust and of uh, trust and, and the confidence in his receivers which we saw that in Brock's first year and a half or so, or for, yeah, first year and a half or so, he he fell in love with with Hakeem Butler, and why not? He he fell in love with with Charlie Kohler, and why not? So because he trusted those guys, he had confidence in those guys. Decker's has has worked with this offense for however many for however many years, three years. Granted, it hasn't necessarily all been in in live action, but. They already know each other. Decker says he's got confidence in every receiver that they have, and I know talking to Jalen Noll yesterday and talking to to X yesterday, they say they've got similar confidence in him, and that's I don't think it's just window dressing because they've seen it. They've been on the other end of it um, uh, in practice or, or or Hutchinson even in those in the Iowa game a year ago. So I think that. I think that um, that there's a certain trust factor. Now we just have to see how, how everything in that offense meshes together. Here's my deal, that if given where Iowa State has
0: been the last, what, five, six years with this upward trajectory of going to the Bulls every year, the Fiesta Bowl in 2020, even last year not panning out, but at least having... The opportunity to be a special season—that's And not a
1: horrible bowl to go to. You're facing
0: Clemson for guys. Six, you were seven and six when you were exactly. But my point is, is that they had enough to to make that a special season. Like that was on the table. It didn't materialize. It happens, but it was on the table. I don't think that Matt Campbell and his staff were going to be okay with taking a big jump, big step back if they could avoid it. That this was not. This is not a staff. Not that any staff is, but some. I think would be okay with a rebuilding year. I don't think that this is one. That if they felt like they were looking at that at the quarterback position as something holding them back from continuing on an upward trajectory and keep building, they would have gone out and tried to get a transfer quarterback at minimum to compete for time with Hunter Deckers. Maybe ultimately Deckers gets the job, but I think if there was any question, they go out, they get a... Somewhat veteran Kyle quarterback, Kemp guy, a John Kohler. Some kind of veteran quarterback <clears throat> to at least give some hint of competition of job insecurity at that position. They did not do that. I think given what we've seen there, the fact that Decker's, you never really wavered about transferring when Purdy came back, when I think there was a thought that maybe he would not come back for that fourth year, that you're going to wait a second year behind him and still stay. With, I would guess, there were discussions about Hunter, you're our guy in 2022. The fact that this has set up this way, I think the coaching staff is incredibly confident that Hunter Deckers is going to be a capable and productive Big 12 quarterback. We'll see if they're right. We'll see if that turns out to to come to fruition. But my sense is that's why the quarterback situation is where it is with Iowa State, where it's Hunter Deckers and then a bunch of dudes that you probably – have never heard of if you're a casual Iowa State fan.
1: You know, and I was talking with with some of the defensive players and coaches at media day and I said to them, I said I don't have any tape recorder going. I don't have anything going. This is I'm just having conversation. You know, and I asked them about Deckers. And I said, we're just having a conversation here. And all of them, the, I maybe all of them, I maybe talked to four of them. But they all said, this guy's going to be a surprise this is guys going to be a surprise to the fans um in the stands he's not going to be a surprise to anybody on the field and they could have they could have been honest with me because they know that that I'm a straight shooter with those guys when we're just in conversation but to a to a man they were impressed with with Hunter Decker's and when I asked Manning um something that was interesting and I remember when Brock was first when at the Oklahoma State game, whenever that was, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, whatever year that was, I remember Brock had the happiest feet on the planet. I mean, and granted, I mean, and why not? He didn't. He didn't know at that time when to tuck and go, when to hang in the pocket, when the pockets collapse, and it's not going to collapse. That took a while to figure out. And I asked Manning about that, and he said. He said, "As of now, as of today, and as of what they've seen, Decker's do in the whatever the, the four number five games, whatever it is that he's played, they think he's 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 getting uh, he's getting used to the pocket. He knows when when it's collapsing, when it's not collapsing. But once again, he's doing it with an offensive line that that yeah, that's pretty good. But he's got a new center, um, um, for example." um there's some new guys in the, in the offensive line so so he's going to have to get confident but uh, but as of now i would say there's not i there that that keep an eye on on Decker's and, and and pulling out of the pocket maybe sooner than than what um than what really should should happen um Manning doesn't expect that to happen very often but but i guess we'll see and i think you know
0: this is an offense that, even with all the stars that they had at times last year, people are always wanting more, 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 more. Why don't they throw it down the field more? Why doesn't Brees break the big the big play? That that offense was held to a very high standard the last couple of years, and I think understandably so. So we'll see what that gets recalibrated to with a new quarterback, a new running back, and new tight ends for the most part in terms of offensive weapons. And I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see – how things transpire on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, I think there's a lot of stalwarts back, and I think the standard or the expectation there will be a little clearer to divine. We'll talk about that when we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson, Travis Hines here talking Iowa State football a day after the program's annual media day. If you missed any of our discussion earlier in the first segment, be sure to check us out and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Randy, we finished up talking about Hunter Decker's in the first segment. I want to flip sides of the ball here and talk a little bit of defense for a group that lost a lot, but still brings back a decent amount. I mean, you're losing Mike Rose is the headliner. You're losing Jake Hummel. You're losing Greg Eisworth. Anyuwazerike is probably the most underrated loss, not only because he was incredibly talented, incredibly productive. But he was also incredibly versatile, playing nose guard, playing out on the outside, was a guy that really made a lot happen for the Iowa State football team. Now you see Gary Vaughn, Orion Vance, Anthony Johnson back. Bo both is a guy that I think they're incredibly excited about at the safety position that played a lot towards the end of the season. That This still feels like, even with all we just talked about, holding the offense to an incredibly high standard with all those stars, no matter what, at the at the heights of success that Iowa State has had the last five or six years, it's been defense first. it It's been Defense has been the constant. Can we expect maybe not that same level this year, but the blueprint to me feels pretty simple that this team is going to lead with defense.
1: 100%. It, <clears throat> you're, you're, exactly. And I, I've got enough faith in John Haycock that this defense is not going to drop off there's no way there's I, I we know him we know john well enough that that we know this this is not going to happen um like you were talking about with with um the linebackers kobe reader is this guy's played four different kinds of offenses um before transferring this is he's he's this will be his fourth this will be his fourth um defensive coordinator um for whom he's played, you're talking um, Isaiah Lee. I mean, you talk about hey, this guy's good, and and he'll be he'll be versatile as, as any was. And the back end, I mean, okay, you look at Eisworth leaving. You look at who Iseem transferring um, to where? old Miss, I believe. Um, Auburn? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Some we're, we're really on top of it. He transferred. It. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 but transferred. he is not in Cardinal. He's not on our radar. Um, but my gosh, you've got Anthony Johnson Jr., you've got Miles Purchase, you've got Tavon Ole miss, Kyle. You
0: were right. Oh miss. Oh uh, miss, you were right. Oh miss. Yeah. Never should have doubted you. <laughs> Story of my
1: life. No, no, no. I get I get one every once in a while. So I think this I think this defense will, will still be good. And Gary Vaughn's just been waiting, just been waiting his time to play at linebacker. He's played behind the maybe the certainly one of the top 2 trio of linebackers that the school has had so uh, this defense is is going to be the calling card for this team possibly more so than than usual than normal and the defense has been pretty good pretty darn good in the in um in the past and the guy
0: we haven't even mentioned yet is Will McDonald, Iowa State's all-time sack leader. First set their single-season sack record in 2020 with 10.5, broke it last year with 11.5, flirted with going pro. I think, Randy, a lot of people around the program expected him to leave the Iowa State program after last year. But is instead He's still learning. He's a pup. But is instead back and really armed, I think, with a lot of, not just a resume of incredible success in production, But to your point, increased knowledge for a guy who didn't take up football until the middle of his high school career and saw basically everything thrown at him a season ago as teams tried and failed to slow him down.
2: There's been a lot that he's seen and I think there's a lot of even it's given us time of again I I go back to you know even Randy's last question of you know for us even how do we continue to evolve to help him you know be in the best position to be successful again you know and you've heard me all say this millions of times but the players formation play piece of it um, man we're not naive you have to put those guys in the best situation to impact the game and you know I think you know trying to always continue to find unique ways to help him impact the game is really positive even from our standpoint as well.
0: Randy given what we saw Will McDonald do a year ago without Jaquan Bailey the man that he overtook for Iowa State's uh, career sack record on the opposite side of the defensive line yes he had any Uazurike and that's a big deal should not go unmentioned but given what we saw Will McDonald do a year ago when offenses knew who he was and what he could do and game planned and shifted and chipped and moved, pulled away to get away from him, given that we saw him have 11 and, sa- 11 and a half sacks last year, to me, like that could this could be the storyline of the 2022 football season for Iowa State is how good can Will McDonald be and I'm not talking about at a Big Twelve level. I'm talking about at a national level. Like, is this a guy that can just have an eye-popping monster season from that defensive end position?
1: Well, like you, like you said <clears throat> in the build-up here when we started this segment, he's just a pup. He's just he's just a, a a newcomer at at football. So he's still learning, and the the input he got when he when he sought information from the NFL after last season was I don't know what he received, but most likely invaluable because he said he was coming back to improve his stock um and and which he will I mean there's un, without uncertain, undoubtedly he'll be a draft choice next year and a, a good draft choice next year. So like you like you said, it's a matter of how, opponent's scheme against him and it's how Iowa State lines him up players formations plays does he play on the left side once and the right side another play depending on the on the the down and distance on trends that the offense is doing and oh by the way does he move inside maybe and 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 then the the center or the the guard or somebody gets a um a dose of him and do they stand him up? We'll do see exactly. Yes. Yeah. I I I really I really think that that the Iowa State will have a plan to counter whatever an offense throws at them and that Will McDonald is talented enough and with with Elad Rashid has coached those guys. I mean, he he's coached Denny. he coached Jaquan they're Ray together Lima, they're all going to work
0: like you go down the line like Eli yeah. Rashid has had some dudes yeah
1: they're all going to they're all going to work together and and i'm i'm looking for despite the fact that how they how teams scheme against Will McDonald he'll find a way
0: will mcdonald may be the constant a constant for this iowa State football team one of the question marks is on special teams and trying to replace kickoff specialist field goal specialist andrew mevis who had a fantastic year for iowa state last year the question now becomes who is his heir and randy i think there are three candidates that iowa state has at least discussed
1: jace gilbert is a, is a newcomer from from oklahoma he's been very very good i've from people who have seen, I seen him kick this year in practice, and I went back and looked at some of the um, his clippings. Um, obviously, before Iowa State, this dude's pretty good, and I know that that he ranked very well in Jamie Cole's um, kicking camp. And if, and Jamie Cole turns out that camp kick turns out good, very good kickers. So, and and interestingly, Jace Gilbert is also a punter. So I wouldn't. Dude, as we saw Mavis, Mavis ending ended up last season, he did all three. I would not be shocked if Jace Gilbert does all three. But but Keegan Shackford, um, Campbell said he's got a strong leg. And I felt, um, interestingly, Campbell said that he might have been the next man in last season as far as, far, as, far as field goals are concerned. And then there's the old, old reliable standby and everybody needs one, Drake Nettles. This guy, this guy's just been there forever. Here's what Matt Campbell had to say, say
0: about those trio of potential kickers.
2: For us, we've known and, and certainly have put the stock into how critical those specialists are for the success of your football team. And you know, I think again we feel that that room's as healthy and as competitive as ever. And I think that's going to be a great battle as we get into fall camp. We're, we're really excited about all three of those guys. We think all three of those guys have great potential, and it's going to be fun to see where that challenge and that race goes to.
0: Randy, we know that for a long time, kicker has been an issue for Iowa State that seems to haunt Iowa State fans, even after a year like Meevis, even like a senior year like Cole Netton had for Iowa State a few years ago, that the kicker position seems to just always be something Iowa State and Iowa State fans are concerned about. And then you have a year like that for for Mevis, you almost take it for granted, and I think you, now you get an immediate reminder not to take that position for granted that one of those three may turn out to be old reliable best kicker in school history who knows but you're entering a season where you don't know what you have at kicking and that I think for a program
1: like Iowa State that has had issues in the past can be a little unnerving and we saw what a 62 a yard walk off field goals difference between I think we said this earlier seven and seven to five and six and six and and yeah we, I know we said this earlier whatever it was in the in the big 12 so it's it's extremely critical. and especially given the fact given the number of, of close games that Iowa State plays, the number of one score games that Iowa State plays, plus kicking the stupid ball into the end zone on kickoffs. We've seen what happens when that when they don't.
0: This is the Cyclone <clears throat> Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 1063 FM and 1460 KXNO. When we come back, we'll switch gears and talk TJ Otzelberger's men's basketball program, which just wrapped up. It's summer practice schedule, and we'll now look to the fall and the beginning of year two after last year's Sweet 16 run. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. If you missed us talking... Iowa State football in either of the first two segments. Be sure to race to wherever it is you get your podcasts. Search for Cyclone Insider Hour. Play Cyclone Insider Hour. Subscribe to Cyclone Insider Hour. But you're here now, so let's talk a little Iowa State men's basketball. TJ Otzelberger's group finished up summer practices just today, Wednesday. Um, A little worse for the wear in terms of injuries. They did not have Caleb Grill or jazz coons for most, if not all, of summer practice. Jeremiah Williams, the point guard from Temple, has not practiced. Is not expected to be cleared here. Probably, I think, for another month. Randy, is that fair to say? Is what
1: it sounded like. Yeah, today. exactly. And that's a key. That's a key position, if not the key position on the team. Because I'm sure everybody's penciled in lineup had him had him at the point guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Jeremiah. I, It sounds like they're expecting Jeremiah Williams to be healthy and time for practice to start in the fall. But if he's not able to start practice in the fall, you're opening practice and maybe the season with another freshman starting point guard. This time not one that was a top 50 or 75 recruit, uh, but instead either Taman Lipsy or Eli King, who have gotten a lot of reps at point guard. I think that is the silver lining here, Randy. Obviously, they would have rather had Jeremiah Williams all summer long to get acclimated to the program, to his new teammates. But if you want to look for a silver lining, it's that you got two freshmen that Iowa State's pretty high on in Eli King and Taman Lipsy, got a lot of reps playing a tough position
1: that I think will come in handy for them, not only this season, but in the years ahead. I remember talking to Eli King a couple of weeks ago, and he and I kind of asked him that same – that I kind of set up that same scenario. And he said, he said, that will consider this i meaning him i've been playing against a top 5 defense in the country i mean he says gabe calcher's out there just banging the heck out of me on on defense for example he said and so playing against that kind of defense is granted it's not playing oklahoma oklahoma state texas kansas i get that but he'll be he'll know what it's like to be to be smoked sometimes when, you know, one-on-one driving to the basket and boom, he's he's uh, um, getting a shot rejected. He'll know what that's like.
0: Yeah, and when you're running first-team point guard, like the the standard and the attention and the microscope that is being placed on you is a lot bigger in practice than if you're taking second or third-team reps. Like, everyone's paying attention. The coaching staff is on you every step of the way. There is just no opportunity for slippage that won't go. And there's unnoticed. video evidence of to that too. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so I think that it will be in the long term. It'll be good for Iowa State. But they do I think they do need Jeremiah Williams back and healthy for this team to really be good. I don't think you want to go into the season with again, and I, I think they're high on King and they're high on Lipsy both this year and the long term. You know, today TJ Otzelberger said we open the season today, all three of their freshmen, including Demarion Watson, would be in the mix for playing time. But certainly, I think you'd rather have a guy that's a two-year starter at Temple, then you can ease those freshmen along, and that helps you with the four other guys on the floor having to have less responsibility than having to help bring a freshman along in one of the highest leverage positions on the floor.
1: But Jeremiah has not played with any of those guys yet, to the best of my knowledge. Maybe uh, yeah, he? I, no, I don't believe. I don't he, think he has he's played since the middle of <clears> the <throat> season. But and there's no there's no overseas trip, so it's going to be a quick. Um yeah okay he's played at this level he knows the speed of the game sort of um i think the big 12 speed of the game is different than than other conferences but there's that that chemistry factor also that um that that you have to to be that he'll be in charge of and when you enter a season when others have had have seen more time at the point during practice, especially when you've not seen any time at the point, there may be some there may be some learning um, or some some um, getting used to um, to happen. And it's not like Iowa State has a preseason schedule that's conducive to a lot of that. I think it's the non-conference opener against somebody and then it's a game against Milwaukee, I believe, and then boom, I think they're at Oregon um fairly quickly I and mean, then you've got Iowa in there someplace so um and the game's in Iowa City so whenever Jeremiah gets back it's going to be learning on the fly but it's also not just learning the offense it's going to be getting um learning the defense le- le- learning oh, yeah for, yeah yeah learning the defense yes exactly i mean i forget about that sometimes that that, that defense which i remember a few times saying the, spend too much time on defense when they're missing twenty four straight shots against against Baylor. Um, which happened. Um but um um it's gonna take it's gonna take a while whenever he gets back to mesh with the offense, to get himself right physically and mentally. Um so in the meantime, like you say, that Lipsy and, and Eli King have had this has been invaluable experience for them.
0: Yeah, I mean this to me, heading into the fall for this team is relatively similar to last year where we don't really have a great idea of what this team is going to look like, not only because there's so many newcomers, but you look at the guys coming back in Gabe Kalsher, Caleb Grill, Jazz Coons, Robert Jones. Those guys were all important pieces last year, but none of them were you know, the linchpins of success, certainly offensively. None of them were go-to guys. So you have a a team that really – it's identity will obviously be defensively, but offensively it's hard to pick what this looks like other than when you look at stats, you see a lot of missed shots, which we'll see if that happens. I think the staff is a little bit more optimistic that this team can have some success offensively, at least can be more consistent offensively. I'm in a, you know, let's see it type of uh, position given that you've got a backcourt that struggles to shoot 30% from three. But you know, does Oshun in the middle kind of invert things a little? You know, it sounds like Jaron Holmes is a guy that they're really excited about. You
1: know, where can, can Hassan Ward has showed up is is yeah, there now? Is, and, is and there a
0: Isaiah practicing? Brockington level surprise type player that has a breakthrough? You know, when given more responsibility, and like that'll be it'll be interesting to see it all unfold. I think tempering expectations if you're an Iowa State fan is smart. I think I don't think you should go into the season saying, "Hey, sweet 16 last year, you know what's next." I think it's you way overachieved in year 1. You achieved, but I mean, all credit to that team and the coaching staff for doing that, but that team overachieved in year 1 in a way because of the turnover, because of the lack of young players on last year's roster. I think it does not necessarily translate into a big jump in year, just a lot of new guys and it's not a lot of guys where you expect, okay, they're going to have, they're going from their freshman to sophomore years. This is where
1: they're going to have a big leap. Last year's team out of necessity, the offense went through two guys. It went through Brockington. And when that option wasn't open, it went through, it went through Tyrese Hunter. Um, Like you said, ne- obviously neither one of those are there this year's offense. And, and I said that out of necessity, it had to do that. This year's offense will go through four guys. I mean, I mean, assuming that whoever's playing in the post, the offense is not going to go through him. But um, maybe it will. I don't know. Throw the ball in the post and then throw yeah, it out. I have yeah. no idea. No, that's a, yeah, I made a good point there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good point, Randy. But um, for, cer- for certain, the offense is going to go through four guys. And I'm not saying that that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just different.
0: Yeah, especially when... You know, I said this to somebody yesterday. I I walked out of uh, the United Center in March thinking Iowa State was likely to have a Hunter A.J. Green backcourt. Very different scenario, but I still think uh, optimism is uh, oozing out of the Sukup basketball complex after last year's Sweet 16 and a program that has identified a blueprint for success that starts on the defensive end, and I imagine... That will again be the case in 22-23. That's all we got for you today on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.